Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Amen. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much for entering into worship. Uh, so let's talk about the church today. Uh, we're going to jump in. I'm going to give you a fair warning. Um, I have a six-point sermon today. <laughs> you think I'm joking. So... Uh, so y'all better listen fast because I'm going to be talking fast because we're going to get through it because I think it's very, I don't think, I know it's important for us to hear this today. And so uh, we're about to jump in. So we're going to talk about the church today. And when we talk about the church, uh, the church is not a social organization. Though we certainly socialize, don't we? We like to socialize. We like to fellowship. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's a very important component of the church. But we're not a social organization. Uh, the church is not a civic organization, though we certainly do try to impact our community like some civic organizations try to do, and we try to figure out ways that we can do that more and more impact in our community. The church is not uh, a charitable organization, though we do lots and lots of charity work. We have people come all the time, all the time. I wish some of you know, but, I, but a bunch of you don't know. I wish you knew how much Throughout the week, we, we help people and do work like that and helping people. And that's just the glory of God. You do that as a church. Thank you for that. And, but we do that. Uh, we're, we're, not a, we're not an activist organization, though we very definitely advocate for our cause. Like an activist organization does, we advocate for our cause because we believe our cause is the greatest cause of all, and that's the gospel. Uh, we're not a, uh, the church is not an educational organization, though it is very, very important, as we're doing even now, for us to work hard to teach the foundational truths of what we believe and what we stand on. And, uh, but the church, the church is the body of Christ. Amen? The church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And belonging to the church, and when I say belonging to the church, I'm talking about capital C, the church. The universal church, what some theologians would call the, the invisible church. The reason it's the invisible church is because only God truly knows who truly belongs to the church. I mean, he looks across this room right now and he knows the people in this room who truly belong to him and are truly a part of the body of Christ. Y'all are invisible to the rest of us. We think, you know, we can think that we know, but only God truly knows. But man, what a privilege it is for us to belong to the body of Christ. An incredible privilege, an unbelievable honor, and a weighty responsibility that far too many of us take far too lightly. To be a part of the body of Christ. Because that's what the church is. And a person, listen, a person immediately becomes a member of the body of Christ the very moment they, they give their lives to Jesus. You immediately become a part of the church, the body of Christ, the universal church. You are instantaneously, this is the coolest thing, you are instantaneously, if you give your life to Jesus today, and if you need to be saved today, I pray that today is the day that you give your life to Christ. And at that very moment, here in Flora, Mississippi, you will be instantaneously connected with every other Christ follower in the entire world. It is just the most amazing 
thing. That's one of the reasons why I know not everybody can go on mission trips to other countries and stuff like that. Understand that. But I'm just telling you, there's something significant about when you show up in another country, in another culture, and you are immediately connected with brothers and sisters in Christ. One of the coolest moments I ever had, have ever had in my entire life, my entire spiritual life, was when I went to Russia several years ago and, and, and met in, a, in an apartment in Nalchik, Russia, which is way down in the southern part of Russia, met in an apartment with about 15 other Chechen believers in the world. By the way, there's only about 100 Chechen believers in the entire world, and there were about 15 of them in that room today. Do the math and think about the percentage of the people of the Chechen believers in the entire world I was worshiping with that night. I couldn't understand a word they were saying. They couldn't understand a word that I was saying. But man, when we started singing, open the eyes of my heart, Matt, I was singing in English. They were singing in Chechen. And it was one of the coolest, if not the coolest, worship experience I've ever had in my entire life. And I still pray for that uh, Chechen pastor even to this day. So you are instantaneously connected with believers all over the world for all eternity. And that is the universal church. That is the invisible church that you become connected with when you give your life to Jesus. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. That's not our sermon scripture, but just listen to this or jot it down if you want to. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. That's the universal church. That's the invisible church. But what about church membership in a visible local church? Like First Baptist Church of Flora. What about membership in a visible local church? Is that important for a Christ follower? I would submit to you today that church membership in a visible local church is very important. And that's what we're going to talk about here in this next message in this Why Do We Do That series. We've already talked about why do we do that with baptism. Why do we do that with the Lord's Supper. And today we're going to talk about why do we do that when it comes to church membership. So grab your Bibles if you would and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Michael already mentioned our memory verse is right in the middle of this passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians, actually at the end of this passage of Scripture, chapter 12, beginning in verse 12, and we will read through verse 27. I hope you got your Bible. If not, maybe you can look on with somebody or get it on your phone with the Bible app or something like that as we read 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. For just as the body is one... And has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. See how many times the word one is used there? Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Well, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. Well, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? 
As it is, there are many parts or many members, yet one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be, that there may be no division in the body. That there may be no division in the body. But that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And then our memory verse, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. May God bless the reading of his perfect word this morning. Let's pray. So, Father, we now trust that the Holy Spirit will teach us and will give us what we need for today and then help us to obey. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. So a reminder from last week, we're still in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians. We were in 1 Corinthians last week, we talked about the Lord's Supper. So a reminder to you about the church in Corinth, a messed up church, had a lot of issues going on in that church. A lot of things they were dealing with, serious problems in that church. They were dealing with unity issues. They were dealing with immorality issues. They were dealing with leadership issues, all kinds of things in the church. Last week, we dealt with the fact that they were... Uh, they were observing the Lord's Supper in a dishonorable way, and Paul had to deal with that. So this church was dealing with some serious problems. And so Paul is taking the opportunity in this passage of Scripture that we've read today and that we're focusing on today, he's making the case that problems, listen, y'all, problems that develop in a church affect everyone in the church to some degree. And can I tell you something? There are going to be problems in the church. There is going to be problems. There will be problems in the church. You know why? Anybody want to guess why? Because we're all sinners. I'm looking at a bunch of sinners. And you're looking at a sinner. And sinners are going to do things that they ought not do. And that's going to cause some problems. And so there's going to be problems in the church. But when these problems develop, they affect all of us. Sometimes we're affected directly, sometimes we're, infect, we're, we're affected indirectly, sometimes we're affected in a very intense way, sometimes in a, in a milder way, but because of the nature of the church, that we're one body, problems that develop and sin that is prevalent will affect all the members of the church. So let me real quickly give you four components. This isn't the six points. These are four components, so uh, you do the math there. Here are four components of the church that help us understand what the church is and how we are interrelated with one another. First of all, you see the body. Paul talked about the body here in this passage. You see the body. Colossians 1, 17 and 18. I want to jot those verses down. Colossians 1 17 and 18 says this about Jesus. It says, Jesus existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body of the church. The analogy of the body that Paul uses shows two things. Number one, it shows the unity of the church because we're one body. The NIV says we're actually one unit. But it also shows the diversity in the church 
because we're all different. All different parts. You think about it. All different parts of the human body are different for a purpose, and they all work together. Paul talked about that. The eye, the ear, the, the, the hand, the feet. All different, but all a part of the body. It's the same with the church. We are so different in so many ways. Different backgrounds, different upbringings. We're male, we're female. We have their uh, social differences. There's all kinds of different. We have different spiritual gifts that God has given to us. But we all, we're different, but we all come together to work together for the advancement of the gospel and for the strengthening of the church. So there's the body, the analogy of the body. Secondly, you see the baptism. Verse 13, Paul talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is one Holy Spirit. Again, unity. There is one Holy Spirit. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is God, the Holy Spirit. He's not some impersonal force, some force out there in the universe. He is God, the Holy Spirit. And every member of the church has been baptized by the Holy Spirit at the very moment of their salvation. So when you got saved, you were baptized with the same Holy Spirit that I got saved, that, that baptized me when I got saved. And so we have that, and, and in that baptism, the moment that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, every one of us are given spiritual gifts. They're given to, listen to this, y'all, they are given to us individually so that each of us together can serve Him individual gifts given so that we can use them together some gifts are more public gifts standing and preaching my spiritual gift gift of pastoring the gift of preaching the gift of teaching the gift of evangelism you may not have you would freak out if you were up, up here some people are like no way i can do that that's fine that's good you've got gifts that you're supposed to use in your way but your gifts you use yours i use mine together for the body of christ and the baptism of the holy spirit gives us those gifts the holy spirit gives us those gifts first corinthians 12 11 said is the same and only holy spirit who gives all these gifts and powers deciding which each one of us should have so you got the the body you got the baptism you got the belonging verses 15 through 21 i'm going to go back and read all of that but just you just see that paul continues to drive home the point that although we are different and have been given different spiritual gifts we belong to each other, and we absolutely need each other. We need each other. It is, you, you just feel Paul just saying it is ludicrous to think that the, that the eye doesn't need the ear or that the hand doesn't need the foot or that the heart doesn't need the brain. It's ridiculous to think that way, just like it's ridiculous for us to think that we can do the Christian life on our own. You cannot do that. Because we belong to one another. All of us who are Christ followers belong to Him. We belong to His body. And we belong to each other. The body, the baptism of belonging. And finally, the benevolence. The last few verses there, verses 22 through 26, the benevolence. Listen, it says every, the, the, what point, the point that Paul is making is that every member of the body of Christ matters. Everybody matters. Those with gifts that are more public gifts, like preaching and teaching. Those whose gifts are more behind-the-scenes kind of gifts, like giving and mercy. No matter who you are or what gifts you have, you will at some point need 
the benevolent, loving care of the other members of the church. We're going to need each other. We've got to take care of each other. And that's the benevolence that I'm talking about. Paul said, said we should have the same care for each other. The New Inter International Version said we should have equal concern for each other. Vicki and I think about it. Man, we think back to um, uh, in our lives. December 20th of 2016, my father died. Seven weeks later, her mama died. Less than a year later, her daddy died. And then two other aunts died in the middle of that. So over the course of about one year, we lost three of our four parents and two significant other family members and a cousin in the middle of that. I did five family funerals in the span of about a year. I'm not trying to have a pity party up here. I'm just saying that Vicky and I still to this day will look at each other and go, how did we do that? How did we do that? How did we make it through that crazy? We just kept going, God, what is it? Oh, my gosh, Lord, what is going, what is going on? And I'll tell you how we made it through. The strength of the Lord is what made it through. But I'll tell you how another way we made it through. A body of believers called Country Woods Baptist Church who came alongside us and prayed for us and and walked with us and helped us and showed up when we needed them to show up and taking care of us. Yeah, they, them taking care of the pastor. Well, the pastor didn't come see me when I... Well, they were taking care of me in that time. Because that's what we do in the body of Christ. We show that when one of us hurts, we all hurt. When one of us rejoices, we all rejoice. And Jesus made it abundantly clear that we are to love one another at all times. So here's the application for this point for this message day. It's a little bit lengthy, so I'll leave it up there just a little bit longer for those of you that are taking notes. Membership in a local church, I'm talking about a local body of believers, is an important aspect of the Christian life that every Christ follower needs. Membership in a local church is an important aspect of the Christian life that every Christ follower needs. Why? That's the sermon series. Why do we do that? Why? Why is membership in a church so important? Well, here's the six points, so you better hang on. Here we go. Number one, it's biblical. It's biblical. Why is it important? It's because it's biblical. It is biblical. The New Testament word for church, listen to me, is the word ekklesia, and that means to gather or to assemble. What are we doing right now? We're gathered. We're assembled. We're together right now. It's something that we do on Sunday morning. And for a few of us, we do it on Wednesday night. By the way, I invite you to come to Wednesday night. Our last fresh start service will be this Wednesday night with Pastor Fred Luter from Franklin Avenue Baptist Church, 630 in the Sanctuary. So it's a time to gather. But I'm telling you, we, we don't stay together. We don't sit here in this in this room, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days, 366 days on leap year, we don't do that. Because we gather, but then we go and we do what God's called us to do. We, it's, a, it's a local community of believers who gather for worship, then we scatter to witness. There was a guy named Chuck Bentley who used to come lead worship for me when I did youth camps and things like that when I, back when I was in student ministry. And he taught my, uh, our, our youth group a, a song that says, We enter to worship, depart to serve. We enter to worship, we depart to serve. Now, you're still worshiping out there when you're, uh, when you're serving, but you understand what he's saying there. We're in here singing the songs, listening to the sermon, doing this thing called corporate worship, and just like I saw on a church parking lot, at the exit of that parking lot, there was a sign right beside the exit that says, you are now entering the mission field. 
It's biblical to be a part of a church family, a local church, because that's what you see these New Testament churches were, believers who were connected to each other in local communities. They worshiped together. They served together. They witnessed together. They ministered together. Now, some of y'all thinking, yeah, but it doesn't say in the Bible you have to join a church. Yeah, you're right. There ain't a verse that says thou shalt not join a church. But I'll tell you something, when you, it is so clear in Scripture that membership in a local church was important to the churches in the New Testament, and it's important to us. You look, when Paul was writing all these letters, the majority of these letters in the New Testament were written to specific churches in specific locations. He wrote to the church, the church in Corinth. He wrote to the church in Ephesus. He wrote to the church in Philippi. He wrote to the church in Thessalonica, other places. Jesus, in the first couple of chapters of, uh, of Revelation, gave those letters to the churches. So there were churches in these local places. Another biblical reason that we know that there were specific churches that believers were members of in the New Testament was because offices of leadership were chosen from those who were members of the church. The first deacons, we're going to be ordaining Clint Brown and we're going to be ordaining Mark Phillips tonight at 6 o'clock. But those deacons, the first deacons, were selected from within the church body so that they could go and care for the people in the church body. Well, you had to have a body of people for them to care for. And then Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.12 that the members of the church should honor the officers of your church who work hard among you and warn you against all that is wrong. That admonition only makes sense if there are people who are actually members of the local church that those guys are officers in. The pastors were pastors of a church. So honor those guys. The deacons were deacons in this church. So honor those guys is what Paul was telling them in Thessalonica. There's another biblical reason for church membership, and that's found in Jesus' teaching on church discipline in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. That's a clear process where Jesus says, hey, look, if there's somebody in your midst who is sinning, and they're not repenting of their sin, they're just sinning, 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 and they don't care, they just keep sinning, well, then here's what you do. Jesus said, here's what you do. One of you go talk to him. Hey, brother, I need to talk to you about this. I'm seeing this going on. Man, what's, what's up with that? Well, if he says, hey, look, bro, I don't want to talk to you about that. Well, you go get two or three more, and you go back and sit down with him. and say, hey, look, we really want to talk to you about what's going on. You're like, man, I don't want to hear that. Get out of my face. Well, then after what you do then is you bring it before the whole church, and you say, this is what's going on. And, if it, and so the process is to either restore this person who is in sin or to remove them from the church. If they won't give up their sin, you either restore them. We want them to be restored to the relationship with the Lord Jesus. But if they won't give them up, you remove them from the church. Well, you've got to have a church to remove them from. And so that's, we see that in Jesus' teaching on church discipline. So why is it important? Because it's biblical. Secondly, it's meaningful. It's meaningful. When we consider Paul's analogy of the body, we readily see that each member has a meaningful, important place in the body. He talked about the physical body a lot. 
And we may feel like, maybe you're sitting out there and thinking, man, my part's so insignificant. Paul says those more pe- people with more insignificant uh, uh, parts of the body, maybe you say, man, I can't preach, I can't teach. And you think that your part is insignificant. Let me tell you something. If that insignificant part is taken away or is not functioning properly, the entire body is affected, is weakened, and is made more vulnerable. You think about your physical body. Let's use some physical analogies like Paul did. Think about the pupil in your eye. Your pupil right now with the bright lights, your pupil is about two to four millimeters. When the lights go off and it gets dark, it goes to about four to eight millimeters. Tiny, tiny, tiny. But man, when that and it functions like the aperture of a camera, you know that it allows the right amount of light into our eyes so that our eyes will function properly. But if our pupils are not functioning properly, then our eyes can get damaged, which can lead to us having all kinds of other problems that you can't drive, you can't see, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to run into walls. It's going to be terrible. You get, your whole body could be injured simply because that little tiny two millimeter, four millimeter hole in the middle of your eye is not working properly. Think about your nose hairs. You ever had a preacher preach on nose hairs? Think about your nose hairs right now. Some of you wives are looking at your husbands, right? They say, I told you, you should have trimmed those things. But, so, uh, but mostly, usually they're out of sight, very insignificant, don't think much about them until they start tickling or they get too large, something like that. But do you think about how important they are? They serve to filter the dust and the allergens to keep those little tiny, tiny things, those little tiny, tiny hairs from getting into your lungs. By the way, your lungs are pretty important for your body to function properly. And then stuff gets into your lungs, leads to asthma and all kinds of crazy stuff. You think about the capillaries in your body. They're the smallest blood vessels in your body. But they carry oxygen and nutrients to all the organs of your body. Take your capillaries away and see what happens to your body. Last night in the football game, you maybe some of y'all were watching the football game early in first quarter and with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes got rolled up on him and broke, not broke, but sprained his ankle. That tiny little bone right down there. Tiny little bone down there at the bottom of your, uh, bottom of your leg. I mean, he's got all, he's got tons of other bones. I mean, there's, I mean, come on. It's just that one little one down there. Did y'all watch him try to throw and pass after that, and try to run, try to jump, and the whole team was affected. They pulled him out. The whole team, they ended up winning the game, but the whole team was affected because of that tiny little bone down there that wasn't functioning properly. You understand what I'm saying? What Paul was saying, no member of the, no member or part of the body is unimportant. In the same way, every member of the church has a meaningful place in the body and should strive to contribute to the health and strength of the body. And being meaningfully connected to a local visible church is the way to do that. It's biblical. It's, benefit, it's biblical. It's meaningful. It's identifiable. Members in a visible local New Testament church, membership in a visible local New Testament church is the church's affirmation that you are, in fact, a follower of Jesus Christ. Because those who are accepted into this church family are people that we believe have a genuine personal relationship with Jesus and are therefore true card-carrying Jesus representatives in the world it shows that you are serious about representing Jesus because you want to be publicly identified with his people. You join a sports team. You put on the jersey. You identify yourself as a member of that team. And then you go out onto the field or onto the court and you play for that team with your other teammates. You join yourself to Jesus Christ. 
You put on His garments of grace. You identify yourself as a member of His team, the local church, and then you get busy serving Him with the other members of that same team. You identify with Jesus by identifying with His church. Next one is it's, it's accountable. Why do we need membership? It's accountable. We all need accountability. What is accountability? Accountability is when we have those people in our lives who are watching over us and they are lovingly pointing out the blind spots that we have in our lives, those weaknesses that we don't even know about. Hey, man, you're missing this. Why are you saying that all the time? Do you not realize that you're saying that? Do you not realize that you're doing that? And it's not a judgmental thing. It's where somebody, a brother or sister in Christ, looks into your life and goes, you're headed in a dangerous direction right now. You need to turn around. You know, I think that's one reason why folks don't want to join the church. They don't want that. They don't want a pastor to show up and say, hey, I, I need to talk to you about your walk with the Lord. That's none of your business. My relationship with Jesus is private. No, it ain't. You show me that in the Bible. Show me where your relationship with Jesus is private. It's just between me and the Lord. No, it's not. See, folks don't want that accountability. They don't want somebody. They don't want a pastor looking over their life. They don't want somebody looking at their life, fruit inspecting, looking at the fruit of your life to see if you really belong to Jesus. You say you joined the church. You joined the church. You said you belong to Jesus. But, man, what I'm seeing in your life tells me something else. You see, membership in a church is accountable. Sometimes we, we need those people who are speaking truth into our lives, even if it's hard truth that they speak into our lives. And being a member of a local church automatically brings those people into your life. It's accountable. It's beneficial. Y'all, being a member of a local church is just good for you. <laughs> it's just good for you. As long as it's a healthy body of believers striving to live for the Lord, striving to honor the Lord, and do what God's called us to do, it's, a, it's good for you, man. It is good for you because it provides much-needed things in your life for a strong walk with Jesus. You get spiritual nourishment from a pastor that preaches the truth of God's Word, from teachers who teach the truth of God's Word. You have service opportunities, mission trips, disciple now, please go help Cindy with the kids, uh, help us clean the church up, help us in the food pantry, go on the mission trips, Do serve as a deacon. There's service opportunities everywhere. There's sincere relationships. Some of the closest relationships that I have ever had and that Vicky and I have ever had in our lives are people that we're connected with in the body of Christ. And you know that's true of you too. And you also have strong support because you're going to need that strong support. Because there are going to be times in your life when the wheels come off. Can I get a witness that that's the truth? That the wheels will come off and you need the support of the body. It's just beneficial. It's just beneficial. And then finally, it's joyful. <laughs> it's just joyful. Paul said there in the last part of verse 26, he says, every part rejoices with it. When, we when one part of the body is honored, everybody rejoices. It's just joyful. Tony Merida wrote a book entitled Love Your Church, and he said this, and I'll finish with this. He said, belonging to a church means investing your life in a gospel-centered community of believers who joyfully serve one another and advance Jesus' mission together. 
It's a joyful thing to serve together with brothers and sisters in Christ, to take care of one another in the body of Christ, and it's a joyful thing for us to get out of here and go advance the gospel into our lost world. There is such joy in that. So, you know what the invitation is today. The invitation is today for those of you that need to join this church. No, I'm not just trying to get a bunch of people to join the church so I can go brag to all my preacher's friend, preacher friends that all the people we had join the church. And if nobody joined, that's, that's cool. But there's probably some folks sitting here that it's time for you to join the church. It's time for you to identify with the team. It's time for you to identify with Jesus by identifying with his team. Maybe you've been worshiping with us for a while, and you, I mean, you, you like what you see, and you know, whatever. Not that we're here doing this for you, but you know, it's time for you to just to join the church to connect. So come on, come on, they, uh, why not? It's time to come on. And it, uh, and so I will say this too. Then if it ain't here, then go find the place where it's supposed to be, where you will connect where you will connect with that body of Christ. If it's supposed to be here and you know it, come on. Others of you, you can't join this church because you've never joined the church. You've never truly given your life to Christ. So you can't join this church until you join that church. So maybe there's some folks here today that you're ready to give your life to Jesus and connect with the body of Christ for all eternity and come to faith in Christ today and be saved. So I invite you to do that too. And then there's just one more. It may be that you've been a member of this church for a long time, but sitting there where you are right now, in your heart and in your mind, you're under conviction because you know you have not been the kind of church member that this church needs. Maybe there is some sin in your life that you're not dealing with, some secret sin, some unforgiveness and bitterness that you're harboring, been harboring for a long time. Maybe there's just some junk that you got going on, and you, as a result of that, you've disconnected. You're here bodily, but... That's it. It's time for you to repent. Because if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of that right now, then that means now is the time of obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So if you're under conviction that you hadn't been the kind of church member because you ain't walking with the Lord the way you're supposed to be doing, then man, it's time for you to come up here and get back on these pillows again on your knees and repent and come back to the Lord Jesus. Join this church. Join the church. Repent of your sin today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So, Father, help us now during this moment, these moments of invitation, that we will do what you called us to do, Lord. And God, if there's just some folks in here, I, I, I don't want them to feel pressure from me, but Lord, if your spirit is drawing people to connect with this church family, and become a part of First Baptist Church of Florida, Mississippi, where we are serious about making much of Jesus, and they want to do that too, and they know that this is where they're supposed to do that, then, Lord, I pray that they'll come on and do that today.
others, God, that need to make a profession of faith and come and join the church, the body of Christ, so that they can be connected, Lord, to you for all eternity and a part of this church family. And then others, God, that right now are under conviction because they're just not walking with you, which means they're not being the kind of child of God that they're supposed to be, which means they're not, supposed, they're not being the kind of church member they're supposed to be, and there just needs to be some repentance and brokenness over sin. So would you do that too, Lord? Make them just uncomfortable today. Make them miserable today, Lord, until they respond to the conviction of your spirit. Help us today, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.